एम लक्ष्मीकांत इंडियन पॉलिटी चैप्टर थर्टी गवर्नर द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन ऑफ इंडिया एनविजिज द सेम पैटर्न ऑफ गवर्नमेंट इन द स्टेट्स एज दैट फॉर द सेंटर दैट इज अ पार्लियामेंट्री सिस्टम पार्ट सिक्स ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन डील्स विद द गवर्नमेंट इन द स्टेट्स आर्टिकल्स 153 टू 167 इन पार्ट सिक्स ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन डील विद द स्टेट एग्जीक्यूटिव द स्टेट एग्जीक्यूटिव कंसिस्ट्स ऑफ द गवर्नर द चीफ मिनिस्टर द काउंसिल ऑफ मिनिस्टर्स एंड द एडवोकेट जनरल ऑफ द स्टेट दस देयर इज नो ऑफिस ऑफ वाइस गवर्नर इन द स्टेट लाइक दैट ऑफ वाइस प्रेसिडेंट एट द सेंटर द गवर्नर इज द चीफ एग्जीक्यूटिव हेड ऑफ द स्टेट बट लाइक द प्रेजिडेंट ही इज अ नॉमिनल एग्जीक्यूटिव हेड टाइट्यूलर और कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल हेड द गवर्नर ऑल्सो एक्ट्स एज एन एजेंट ऑफ द सेंट्रल गवर्नमेंट देयर फोर द ऑफिस ऑफ गवर्नर हैज अ डुअल रोल यूजली देयर इज अ गवर्नर फॉर ईच स्टेट but the 7th constitutional amendment act of 1956 facilitated the appointment of the same person as a governor for two or more states appointment of governor the governor is neither directly elected by the people nor indirectly elected by a specially constituted electoral college as is the case with the president he is appointed by the president by warrant under his hand and seal in a way he is a nominee of the central government but as held by the supreme court in 1979 the office of governor of a state is not an employment under the central government it is an independent constitutional office and is not under the control of or subordinate to the central government the draft constitution provided for the direct election of the governor on the basis of universal adult suffrage but the constituent assembly opted for the present system of appointment of governor by the president because of the following reasons one the direct election of the governor is incompatible with the parliamentary system established in the states two the mode of direct election is more likely to create conflicts between the governor and the chief minister three the governor being only a constitutional nominal head there is no point in making elaborate arrangements for his election and spending huge amount of money for the election of a governor would be entirely on personal issues hence it is not in the national interest to involve a large number of voters in such an election five an elected governor would naturally belong to a party and would not be a neutral person and an impartial head Six, the election of governor would create separatist tendencies and thus affect the political stability and unity of the country. Seven, the system of presidential nomination enables the center to maintain its control over the states. Eight, the direct election of the governor creates a serious problem of leadership at the time of a general election in the state. 9 the chief minister would like his nominee to contest for governorship hence a second rate man of the ruling party is elected as governor therefore the american model where the governor of a state is directly elected was dropped and the canadian model where the governor of a province state is appointed by the governor general center 
was accepted in the Constituent Assembly. The Constitution lays down only two qualifications for the appointment of a person as a governor. These are, 1. He should be a citizen of India. 2. He should have completed the age of 35 years. Additionally, two conventions have also developed in this regard over the years. First, he should be an outsider, that is, he should not belong to the state where he is appointed, so that he is free from the local politics. Second, while appointing the governor, the president is required to consult the chief minister of the state concerned, so that the smooth functioning of the constitutional machinery in the state is ensured. However, both the conventions have been violated in some of the cases. Conditions of Governor's Office The Constitution lays down the following conditions for the, the Governor's Office. 1. He should not be a member of either House of Parliament or a House of the State Legislature. If any such person is appointed as Governor, he is deemed to have vacated his seat in that House on the date on which he enters upon his office as the Governor. 2. He should not hold any other office of profit. 3. He is entitled without payment of rent to the use of his official residence, the Raj Bhavan. 4. He is entitled to such emoluments, allowances and privileges as may be determined by Parliament. 5. When the same person is appointed as the Governor of two or more states, the emoluments and allowances payable to him are shared by the states in such proportion as determined by the President. 6. His emoluments and allowances cannot be diminished during his term of office. In 2018, the Parliament has increased the salary of the Governor from 1.10 lakh rupees to 3.50 lakh rupees per month. Like the President, the Governor is also entitled to a number of privileges and immunities. He enjoys personal immunity from legal liability for his official acts. During his term of office, he is immune from any criminal proceedings, even in respect of his personal acts. He cannot be arrested or imprisoned. However, after giving two months' notice, Civil proceedings can be instituted against him during his term of office in respect of his personal acts. Before entering upon his office, the governor has to make and subscribe to an oath or affirmation. In his oath, the governor swears a. to faithfully execute the office, b. to preserve, protect, and defend the constitution and the law, and c. to devote himself to the service and well-being of the people of the state. The oath of office to the governor is administered by the Chief Justice of the concerned state high court and in his absence, the senior most judge of that court available. Every person discharging the functions of the governor also undertakes the similar oath or affirmation. Term of Governor's Office A governor holds office for a term of five years from the date on which he enters upon his office. However, this term of five years is subject to the pleasure of the President. Further, he can resign at any time by addressing a resignation letter to the President. 
the Supreme Court held that the pleasure of the President is not justifiable. The Governor has no security of tenure and no fixed term of office. He may be removed by the President at any time. The Constitution does not lay down any grounds upon which a Governor may be removed by the President. Hence, the National Front Government headed by V.P. Singh, 1989, asked all the Governors to resign as they were appointed by the Congress Government. Eventually, some of the Governors were replaced and some were allowed to continue. The same thing was repeated in 1991, when the Congress government headed by P.V. Narsimha Rao changed 14 governors appointed by the V.P. Singh and Chandra Shekhar governments. The President may transfer a governor appointed to one state to another state for the rest of the term. Further, a governor whose term has expired may be reappointed in the same state or any other state. A governor can hold office beyond his term of five years until his successor assumes charge. The underlying idea is that there must be a governor in the state and there cannot be an interregnum. The president can make such provision as he thinks fit for the discharge of the functions of the governor in any contingency not provided for in the constitution, for example, the death of a sitting governor. Thus. The Chief Justice of the Concerned State High Court may be appointed temporarily to discharge the functions of the Governor of that state. Powers and Functions of Governor A Governor possesses executive, legislative, financial and judicial powers more or less analogous to the President of India. However, he has no diplomatic, military or emergency powers like the President. The powers and functions of the Governor can be studied under the following heads. 1. Executive Powers 2. Legislative Powers 3. Financial Powers 4. Judicial Powers Executive Powers The executive powers and functions of the Governor are 1. All executive actions of the government of a state are formally taken in his name. 2. He can make rules specifying the manner in which the orders and other instruments made and executed in his name shall be authenticated. 3. He can make rules for more convenient transaction of the business of a state government and for the allocation among the ministers of the said business. 4. He appoints the chief minister and other ministers. They also hold office during his pleasure. There should be a tribal welfare minister in the states of Chhattisgarh, Jharkhand, Madhya Pradesh and Odisha appointed by him. The state of Bihar was excluded from this provision by the 94th Amendment Act of 2006. 5. He appoints the Advocate General of a state and determines his remuneration. The Advocate General holds office during the pleasure of the Governor. 6. He appoints the State Election Commissioner and determines his conditions of service and tenure of office. However, the State Election Commissioner can be removed only in like manner and on the like grounds as a judge of a high court. 7. He appoints the Chairman and members of the State Public Service Commission. 
however, they can be removed only by the President and not by a Governor. 8. He can seek any information relating to the administration of the affairs of the state and proposals for legislation from the Chief Minister. 9. He can require the Chief Minister to submit for the consideration of the Council of Ministers any matter on which a decision has been taken by a Minister but which has not been considered by the Council. 10. He can recommend the imposition of constitutional emergency in a state to the President. During the period of President's rule in a state, the Governor enjoys extensive executive powers as an agent of the President. 11. He acts as the Chancellor of Universities in the state. He also appoints the Vicar-Chancellors of Universities in the state. Legislative Powers A Governor is an integral part of the state legislature. In that capacity, he has the following legislative powers and functions. 1. He can summon or prorogue the state legislature and dissolve the state legislative assembly. 2. He can address the state legislature at the commencement of the first session after each general election and the first session of each year. 3. He can send messages to the House or Houses of the state legislature with respect to a bill pending in the legislature or otherwise. 4. He can appoint any member of the State Legislative Assembly to preside over its proceedings when the offices of both the Speaker and the Deputy Speaker fall vacant. Similarly, he can appoint any member of the State Legislature Council to preside over its proceedings when the offices of both Chairman and Deputy Chairman fall vacant. 5. He nominates one-sixth of the members of the State Legislative Council from amongst persons having special knowledge or practical experience in literature, science, art, cooperative movement and social service. 6. He can nominate one member to the State Legislature Assembly from the Anglo-Indian community. 7. He decides on the question of disqualification of members of the State Legislature in consultation with the Election Commission. 8. When a bill is sent to the Governor after it is passed by State Legislature, he can a. Give his assent to the bill or b. Withhold his assent to the bill or c. Return the bill if it is not a money bill for reconsideration of the State Legislature. However, if the bill is passed again by the state legislature with or without amendments, the governor has to give his assent to the bill or d. Reserve the bill for the consideration of the president. In one case such reservation is obligatory, that is, where the bill passed by the state legislature endangers the position of the state high court. In addition, the governor can also reserve the bill if it is of the following nature. 1. Artravis, that is, against the provisions of the Constitution. 2. Opposed to the directive principles of state policy. 3. Against the larger interest of the country. 4. Of grave national importance. 5. Dealing with compulsory acquisition of property under Article the Constitution. 9. He can promulgate ordinances when the state legislature is not in session. These ordinances must be approved by the state legislature within six weeks from its reassembly.
he can also withdraw an ordinance anytime. This is the most important legislative power of the governor. 10. He lays the reports of the State Finance Commission, the State Public Service Commission and the Controller and Auditor General relating to the accounts of the state before the state legislature. Financial powers. The financial powers and functions of the governor are 1. He sees that the annual financial statement, state budget, is laid before the state legislature. 2. Money bills can be introduced in the state legislature only with his prior recommendation. 3. No demand for a grant can be made except on his recommendation. 4. He can make advances out of the contingency fund of the state to meet any unforeseen expenditure. 5. He constitutes a finance commission after every five years to review the financial position of the panchayats and the municipalities. Judicial Powers The judicial powers and functions of the governor are 1. He can grant pardons, reprieves, respites and remissions of punishment or suspend, remit and commute the sentence of any person convicted of any offence against any law relating to a matter to which the executive power of the state extends. 2. He is consulted by the President while appointing the judges of the concerned state high court. 3. He makes appointments, postings and promotions of the district judges in consultation with the state high court. 4. He also appoints persons to the judicial service of the state, other than district judges, in consultation with the state high court and the state public service commission. Constitutional Position of Governor The Constitution of India provides for a parliamentary form of government in the states as in the centre. Consequently, the Governor has been made only a nominal executive. The real executive constitutes the Council of Ministers headed by the Chief Minister. In other words, the Governor has to exercise his powers and functions with the aid and advice of the Council of Ministers headed by the Chief Minister, except in matters in which he is required to act in his discretion, i.e., without the advice of Ministers. In estimating the constitutional position of the Governor, particular reference has to be made to the provisions of Articles 154, 163 and 164. These are a. The executive power of the state shall be vested in the governor and shall be exercised by him either directly or through officers subordinate to him in accordance with this constitution, Article 154. b. There shall be a council of ministers with the chief minister as the head to aid and advise the governor in the exercise of his functions, except in so far as he is required to exercise his functions in his discretion. Article 163. C. The council of ministers shall be collectively responsible to the legislative assembly of the state. Article 164. This provision is the foundation of the parliamentary system of government in the state. From the above, it is clear that constitutional position of the governor differs from that of the president in the following two respects. 1. While the constitution envisages the possibility of the governor acting at times in his discretion, no such possibility has been envisaged for the president.
2 after the 42nd Constitutional Amendment, 1976, ministerial advice has been made binding on the President, but no such provision has been made with respect to the Governor. The Constitution makes it clear that if any question arises whether a matter falls within the Governor's discretion or not, the decision of the Governor is final and the validity of anything done by him cannot be called in question on the ground that he ought or ought not to have acted in his discretion. The Governor has constitutional discretion in the following cases. 1. Reservation of a bill for the consideration of the President. 2. Recommendation for the imposition of the President's rule in the state. 3. While exercising his functions as the administrator of an adjoining union territory in case of additional charge. 4. Determining the amount payable by the government of Assam, Meghalaya, Tripura and Mizoram to an autonomous tribal district council as royalty accruing from licenses for mineral exploration. 5. Seeking information from the Chief Minister with regard to the administrative and legislative matters of the state. In addition to the above constitutional discretion, i.e., the express discretion mentioned in the Constitution, the Governor, like the President, also has situational discretion, i.e., the hidden discretion derived from the exigencies of a prevailing political situation, in the following cases. 1. Appointment of Chief Minister when no party has a clear-cut majority in the State Legislative Assembly or when the Chief Minister in office dies suddenly and there is no obvious successor. 2. Dismissal of the Council of Ministers when it cannot prove the confidence of the State Legislative Assembly. 3. Dissolution of the State Legislative Assembly if the Council of Ministers has lost its majority. Moreover, the Governor has certain special responsibilities to discharge according to the directions issued by the President. In this regard, the Governor, though has to consult the Council of Ministers led by the Chief Minister, acts finally on his discretion. They are as follows. 1. Maharashtra Establishment of Separate Development Boards for Vidarbh and Maratwada. 2. Gujarat Establishment of Separate Development Boards for Saurashtra and Kutch. 3. Nagaland with respect to law and order in the state for so long as the internal disturbance in the Naga Hills to Insan area continues. 4. Assam with respect to the administration of tribal areas. 5. Manipur regarding the administration of the hill areas in the state. 6. Sikkim for peace and for ensuring social and economic advancement of the different sections of the population. 7. Arunachal Pradesh with respect to law and order in the state. 8. Karnataka establishment of a separate development board for Hyderabad Karnataka region. Thus, the constitution has assigned a dual role to the office of a governor in the Indian federal system. He is the constitutional head of the state as well as the representative of the center, i.e. president. Thank you so much for listening this audiobook. If this audiobook helped you in any way so please do like and share this audiobook and hit the subscribe button.